This is the Bedford Blues Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Blues Podcast. Well, pre-season is complete and the championship campaign is set to start this weekend in Jersey. I'm delighted to be joined by the two players who have led the way so far for us in pre-season, our two highest scorers so far in the campaign. It's our key summer sign-in, Louis Grimaldi. Louis, how are you? Very well, thank you. Thank you for asking. Yourself? Yeah, good, mate. Thank you. And we're also joined by another option for the 10 jersey. Uh, he's been here for about two years now. Uh, it's Will Maisie. Will, how are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you, Ryan. How are you? Yeah, very well, mate. We'll, we'll crack on. We'll get started. Let's review pre-season first. Take us back, Louis, to the first game of pre-season. Back at your former employers. Uh, away game against Amtil, 78-point thriller. We unfortunately come off on the wrong side of it, but what did we learn that day that we've maybe taken through pre-season so far? Yeah, obviously for me it was um, going back to a familiar place, which is a, a bit weird um, first pre-season game, but I think we learned a huge amount. I think obviously at one stage we were 38-21 up um, and really saw a glimpse of probably what Bedford is about and how we want to play um, and showed a lot of really good things. Um, which then I think we've probably then built on and ironed out a few issues that maybe we had in that game since and um, we're building nicely into the season on uh, Saturday. Yeah, Will, take us through maybe the Northampton Saints game then, our first here at Goldenton Road, one of your first with, like, well, your first with a, a, a full crowd in inverted commas, you had the Amptill restricted crowd game, um, but your first full game here at Goldenton Road, um, what did you make of that one? Yeah, I thought that was a really good one actually for us. Um, there's a lot of learnings to come out of that one. I think it's nice for a lot of the new boys to experience. Even myself, I haven't really experienced it before, so experiencing the Golden Summer crowd um, and just getting to know what that means to a lot of people in this in this great town. So um, I think that was a really good one for us. And then you still saw during the game uh, what we're about. We, we tried to play from all areas of the pitch and tried to make an exciting brand for everyone to watch. And, and I think we did that in parts, and it was great to build on from that from the week on from the week before. In the early stages of pre-season, obviously a lot of squad building. I think it was 17 new players, including the, the the new crop that we've got from Northampton Saints. Will, maybe talk us through, you've been here a little bit longer, so talk us through um, that integration process because I guess in the first season it wasn't so easy because we had COVID restrictions. We've still got COVID restrictions, but not as many. Um, talk, talk to us about the difference in that squad chemistry from your first pre-season and your second pre-season. Yeah, I think um, a lot of the guys that have come from Saints have been the same, uh, which has been good because they've had a taste of what we're about from last season and how we want to play, um, and not too much has changed on that on that aspect. So, uh, and the new guys coming in, I think they're picking up pretty quickly, which is which is really good for us because we want to be hitting the ground running when we go into Jersey away this weekend. Louis, when you joined, you you were living in Bedford before you arrived here. Obviously, knew a lot about the uh, the club as well teaching locally um, how did you feel you settled in in that first integration process was it a, an easy fit for you yeah I mean off off the pitch obviously living here helped and having played against a few of the lads and obviously I played against Will probably first time probably about 10 years ago I actually played with him um, so obviously knowing a lot of familiar faces and things made it really easy um, boys are very welcoming and I think probably for all of us new lads coming in um, there's definitely been a sort of a, a great um, feeling amongst the players of this is a good place to be, um, everyone gets on, 
Um, and yeah, just a really nice, nice club to be at so far. So, um, you know, I can't complain and it's been quite an easy transition um, to move across off the pitch. And then on the pitch, you know, like anywhere, it's a new organisation, new calls, um, slightly different and that, that takes time to get used to. Um, but I think we're, we're definitely starting to get it and begin to understand actually the way Bedford play, why we play like this, you know, when the right time to make certain decisions is. And, um, you know, I'm finding that starting to come, especially in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, you talk about it taking time. We move on to the third pre-season fixture, our first victory of the campaign, again against your former side, Louis. Do you want to talk us through the game first of all, and then we'll bring Will in to talk about why he decided to take a penalty in a pre-season friendly? Yeah, I mean, if we're being brutally honest, it was probably a, a frustrating game. Um, in the sense, we probably didn't quite get our game out on the park in that probably first 60 minutes. And we allowed sort of Amtil to probably control the tempo of the game um, and things like that, which ideally we, we don't really want to happen. Um, but obviously, you know, winning's a, a good habit and to, to get the win um, against the a local rivals is always a positive and gives boys a lot of confidence moving forward. Yeah, Will, talk to us about that penalty kick. I guess it's clever in the sense that during the season we'll probably face moments like that and you'll have the pressure to win a game late on. So I guess there's positives in that sense. Um, and it did give us a win, a morale-boosting win for the squad. But can you just talk us through um, the thought process for the team? Uh, I'll be honest, it wasn't, it wasn't really my decision. I was happy to go for the corner and win it that way. But... Um, but a few of the boys, I think, were a bit tired and wanted to just win it, make sure we actually won the game. Um, and I'm happy to take those sort of pressure kicks. Um, me and Lou do a lot of practice out on the pitch quite often, so you'll see us out there a lot of the time, practicing our kicks, going through moments like that. So it was nice to get the win. Um, and sometimes you just got to find a way, and, and that's what we did on the day. So. Do you think you should name and shame who decided to go <laughs> to the post? Uh, oh, is that what you want? Can I have a guess? You can have a guess, yeah. Stedman. Oh, oh. Uh, I cannot confirm or deny. But, <laughs> but your faces are telling everybody a picture, <laughs> should we just say. We then go on to Saracen Storm. 80-point thriller, it means that we average our pre-season fixtures at 73 points per game. I mean, it's just exhilarating rugby for pre-season. I'm sure the fans will be desperate for more of that during the Championship campaign, but I guess you would actually want a more relaxed entry into the second tier campaign this time around. Yeah, I think they wouldn't mind the scoring 78 points on our own without conceding any, but obviously conceding far too many points is a bit of a worry, but um, it shows that our attacking intent is, is working well um, and we're managing to score some, some good points, some good tries, uh, and that's exciting and it's exciting for people to watch and that's exactly what we want here at Gorrington Road, so uh, I think we could be pleased with that. And not that I want to add competition between you, but Will, you told me in your Big interview before the Antwerp game. You wanted to score a try for for Bedford Blues, and the man sat to your right has taken four games in which to do it. Your thoughts on that? Oh, I meant a league try, not a pre-season try. <laughs> <laughs> but they all count, don't they? I'll get one soon, surely. I need Lane or someone to just pass me the ball when he's under the sticks. I think. It's pretty much what happened to Louis. What? <laughs> hey, I'd pass it to you under the sticks. I'm coming for you next time. Though. Yeah. <laughs> But Louis, it was your first try for Bedford Blues, regardless of whether it was a, a pre-season fixture, and it was the the reward of more attacking Bedford rugby. I think Saracens kick it back to us. It takes us 11 seconds to get from the halfway line to you going underneath the post. Yeah, I mean, it was probably my first try in about eight years. Um, 
and it was what well, if you watched it, I probably ran about 150 metres, beat 35 defenders and scored under the post in 11 seconds, which is quite impressive. Um, but no, I mean, obviously it was a, it was a good um, team try. I shouldn't take any, any credit for it at all because all I had to do is put the, put the ball down. But it does sum up sort of how dangerous um, we can be in, in broken play and the ability to move the ball wide into space, offload and pick people off. Um, so, yeah. You sure that's your first try in eight, in eight years? Um, no, I think I may have had one about three years ago, playing at 12, um, but yeah. No, so all, I, all I was going to say is that in kicking points last season, Will, Will beat you, but you finished above him in the campaign because you did actually score a try for Hampton last, yeah, last season. Yeah, I think this try is a myth, I'll be honest, because I do not remember scoring a try last year, <laughs> so I mean, I'll take it. Well, you've been credited for <laughs> it, I'll, I'll, and it rose you from eighth top point scorer in, in the champ to sixth, so... <laughs> Oh, yeah, class. <laughs> Eighth to sixth, well. Well. Beaten by five other people. These things happen, right? You know. New season, new challenge. Exactly. Obviously, you are going to be competing predominantly for the 10 jersey. I know you probably don't want to big each other up too much, but Louis, can you first talk us through uh, the strengths of the, the person sat next to you? He hasn't got any. No, um, <laughs> I'm only joking. No, Will, Will's a top player. Um, and even in the, what, eight weeks I've been here, I'm learning a lot off Will just by watching the way he, he functions ball in hand, the way he's controlling uh, the boys around the pitch and things. So I'm, I'm learning a lot. Obviously, played really well, Will played really well on the weekend. Um, kicked extremely well out of hand. Kicked his goals and distribution was on the money. So, um, yeah, he can do many, many things. Um, and I'm learning off him, um, so I can't, I can't complain. Hopefully, I'll provide some competition for him, for him this year. Um, I won't tell him too many of my secrets. Um, I might tell him a few porkies, um, but no, it's look, it's always enjoyable to have competition. It's only good for the team, and you know, Will and I get on really well on and off the pitch. Um, so it's not it's not difficult to share ideas and sort of benefit each other in that way. And Will, I guess it's the same question for you. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, um, well, me and Louis actually played together, God knows how long ago now, at Nottingham. Um, and even then, like, I understood what a quality player he was. Um, he's one of the best like, all-round kickers I've played with, I'd say. Um, he's a very good communicator, um, really good at organising the boys. And sometimes, like even on the weekend, when we got to play with each other, I thought it was great, because just understanding how he rolls at 10, and operates at 10, it does, like Lou said, it helps me learn as well. Because um, obviously I know what I want outside me, but um, whether he's getting that or not, who knows, and, and that's all we want to do. Benefit of having us both um, as good friends and as also uh, learning from each other is that we can help the team out massively by whatever Lou is really good at. I can watch, I can see, I can understand what works for the team his way, and I can bring that to my game and vice versa. So. Um, I think I mentioned it quite a lot in our big interview before, but uh, just having Louis here is, is helping me a lot and helping the team a lot, um, and, and we're grateful to have him. Talk to us about how important it is to have a quality left-footed kicker and a right-footed kicker, because fans probably don't look at that too too much. How good is it that we've got options on both sides now? Uh, it's wow, well, it's really good. It's uh, good variety in your kicking game. Um, it makes back threes. They haven't really. They don't know which way we're going to be kicking, or we're going to go to the width and kick off Lane's left foot, or 
myself or Louis's right foot or Daisy's right foot. Uh, we've got so many options in the squad now, which which really helps us if we are going to bring into a bit more of a kicking game. Be like what we did on the weekend. Um, just having those options gives us variety and it makes it keeps defenses guessing. Oh, I completely agree with what Will said. You know, it just it just gives you a different point of attack um, when you defend. I mean, when you attack, sorry, because the defensive team often aren't always thinking, oh, he's got a left foot, he's got a right foot. They might just assume they're a right-footed team, which means then they do leave space in certain areas of the pitch, as Saracens found uh, on the weekend when we've got a right-footed scrum half, Daisy, who's a brilliant kicker of the ball, and then you've got Maisie as well, who kicks really well, and you could see both of them were finding space because Saracens' backfield didn't know where they needed to cover. On the Blues podcast, we always try and um, delve into some things that maybe the fans don't realise, maybe we don't announce it on social media. What they wouldn't have known is, on the day before you go to Saracens to build your team bonding, you go go-karting slash archery shooting, I guess. Um, talk to us in that. Um, you, you, you can be as brutal as you like. What were your uh, opinions on your, fe- your fellow drivers and your fellow um, archers, I guess is the word, but yeah talk us into that day well I mean Will and I were actually both in different groups so I was I fell into the unders category and was the oldest in the unders category um, at 27 and uh, I think there are a few lads in there that genuinely don't have a driving license um, and you could tell Um, there are a few lads in there that were driving like uh, Robin uh, like he was in North Wales on the slow roads around the track so he was actually a bit of a hazard um, on the track but there are a few of us that properly gave it a a good go. Um, I think I had the lowest or the fastest lap time in my uh, my group. I would have won, but obviously I uh, I span out late going um, going for a track record. Um, but yeah, and then the archery. A lot of the props were quite good at that, which was quite interesting. A few of the lads um, couldn't literally put it on the bow, um, which was slightly worrying. Um, and a few of us tried it with our eyes closed, um, which again isn't the most intelligent thing to do but um, no it was an enjoyable day great for team bonding um, and the, the unders had a, had a great time I don't know about the olders probably a few of them were probably sapping complaining Friday before a game or on my back but uh, I'm sure Maisie will tell you yeah we actually had a few sabotages in our group um, which I'm sure they were going for people's ankles and legs with, their, with the archers Dean Allison to name one <laughs> he looked like he's starting to aim aim, aim at the the uh, the target and then suddenly it's going on the left towards, towards some of the lads legs so it's pretty dangerous but uh, no one was harmed thankfully and again actually Dean in the um, in the uh, go-karting I mean every, he was getting lapped by a few of us driving, sudden, driving like he's in his murk <laughs> yeah he's getting lapped in his murk next minute he's turning around he's making sure no one get past him he's swerving all over the place making sure people are crashing all over the place and it was carnage but uh, but no it was great fun um and yeah, uh, I didn't quite win, but it was competitive. And there's a few boys very surprising on, on their talents, actually. Um, Daisy and, and Wolf had a great race for the top two, which is, which is interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, you talk about how important those team bonding parts are. I mean, how crucial is it, you know, when the fans listen to us having a bit of a laugh and joke about these sort of days? It's really integral to when we're down a couple of points behind by going through those experiences with, with each other you almost win games in and of themselves I guess um, how crucial is it to do those things especially now that Covid is slightly um, subsiding 
Yeah, I think it's massive. Like you want you want to see boys playing for for one another, and uh, you see the go back to the uh, the Amtil game. Uh, we kick the penalty and then lose the restart, and they've got a penalty more, and we end up driving them off. And that's the lads playing for one another, and and those those last efforts in the final few minutes come from from things like team bonding and make sure that, that we've got a collective squad. So it's it's huge. Yeah, and I think probably this year as well, it's it's hugely important, especially. Um, for us here because there's a, a number of new faces that have come in but also last year there had been a number of new lads um, that, that came in as well and because of Covid haven't had the opportunity to have those sort of bonding moments so actually you've almost got sort of a squad that were here, a squad that joined last year and then lads that have joined this year um, that are all trying to bond and really get to know each other and understand each other so actually things like going to the archery um, going go-karting, having uh, the odd social here and there have really um, benefited us and obviously are bringing us together as a group. Well, that's pre-season sorted. We'll talk about the highly anticipated 2021-22 Championship campaign in a short moment. But first, we're going to go to some quickfire questions. Hello, Blues family. Hope you're well. These are the quickfire questions with Tui Uru. Summarise Bedford Blues in one sentence. Uh, a great club with great fans and better players. Up the slope or down the slope? Definitely down the slope. Uh, less burn on your legs. Earliest rugby memory? Earliest rugby memory um, in Germany. My first club, um, doing some tackle bag work in my first session there. One piece of advice for aspiring young rugby players? Um, enjoy it. Yeah, the more you enjoy it, the more fun you'll have and um, the better rugby you'll play. Favourite thing to do away from rugby? Play the guitar. Secret party trick? Um, I know a few magic tricks if I have a pack of cards. Where do you see yourself in five years' time? Um, hopefully a um, seasoned Bedford Blues player with some um, good years of experience behind me. And finally, Goldenton Road or Franklin's Garden? Uh, last year I would have said Franklin's Gardens, this year obviously Goldenton Road. Well then boys, it's the hot topic of conversation at, at the moment around the Championship. The new 2021-22 campaign has begun. We unfortunately haven't begun our campaign so far, so we've let other teams have a go in the Try of the Week competition before we start getting involved. Um, we go to one of the toughest places away from home first up, it's fair to say. Um, have you watched much about Jersey um, after their win against London Scottish and what are their strengths and weaknesses that we'll be uh, looking at going into the game on Saturday? Uh, yeah, so I actually have a, a couple of mates that are Scottish, so I had a sort of a, a chat with, chat with them, um, and they got actually absolutely pumped by Jersey. Um, but they said that Jersey's set piece was good, um, and their strike plays so straight off first phase, um, off lineouts and things they were they were very dangerous. Um, but you know Jersey always going to be a a good side, um, and especially at their place um, at home they're always strong. Um, you know they'll play a bit bit of a mix of rugby. Um, they'll be happy to kick, but also they'll be happy to play. Um, they've signed some good good players um, this year, some from the Championship, some from the Premiership. Um, so there's no doubt it'll be a really tough uh, tough fixture. Yeah, Louis, you specifically can probably talk about the Jersey squad. I think they signed what people are calling three of the four best Amtel players from last season, you obviously being the other one. Um, <laughs> But obviously they did target the championship for those um, players as well. Um, so I guess you you will have a better knowledge than most because they have got quite a few Amtel boys out, out there. Yeah, they signed uh, three of our lads actually all at once um, last season from us. 
um, in in the sort of key key positions, back rower, prop, and then uh, a winger, um, and they they all played really well last year. So again, they they'll have added uh, significant value to their squad along with the other other signings they've made and the quality players they've already had there. And will looking ahead to the game, um, what's your thoughts on it? Um, they've obviously signed Ryan Oluwafele, who was here last season. A couple of our boys have gone out there, which you probably would have only met for a game when you first arrived. Um, but again, there's 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 some links links to us there. What's your thoughts going into the game? Yeah, pretty much like Louis said, they've got a, a really good set piece. I think they actually scored four or five more tries uh, against Scottish this weekend, uh, from what I saw. Um, so we need to try and nullify that somehow, uh, whether that's through discipline or just the boys working hard at the set piece. So I think if we can do that, we've got a real chance. Um, but yeah, like you said, the boys they've signed, like Ryan, explosive, they're electric. You give them space, they'll take, they'll take it. Um, so we're going to be sharp this weekend if we want to come over the result. What are your personal memories of, of Jersey so far in your career? Have, have you ever won there? I have won there. Uh, I won there with Coventry. Um, it was the last game of the season. Yeah, the last game of the season. We went there. It was probably the windiest day I've ever, windiest game I've ever played in. Uh, it was horrendous, um, but we managed to get the win. Uh, I have also lost there uh, for Nottingham. Uh, I had a drop goal on the last play. Um, it was horrendous weather again, and it fell very short. Oh, you so. can't blame the weather, mate. Yeah, it was a, it was a terrible. <laughs> Basically, it's, it's always windy. With Maisie in Jersey here. Yeah, it's very windy there. It's it's not the most exciting place to play. I mean, they get they get decent turnout, and but yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of it will be down to how we play and how we turn up on the day, and, and it'll be fronting up pretty much because they're a big big set of boys and they'll be physical. They love to play at set piece, so you know we know exactly what we're going to be facing, and it's just about fronting up on the day. Louis, have you only played there once? I've actually never played in Jersey. We we were meant to go um, the week before, or when COVID happened, basically. It was that weekend we were meant to go to Jersey. And I think we were meant to fly out on a Friday, play Saturday and come back on a Sunday. So it, it was going to be a pretty good weekend from what I hear. Um, but no, never played there. Play, obviously played him at home uh, twice for Amtil and lost both times. Um, so fully aware of what their abilities are and, and the power they bring. Um, so it'll be a, a challenging uh, challenging game. There's no reason why we can't go there and do a job. Yeah, it's one of those games um, that everyone always looks out for. I think the fans more than most. Um, how, do you, how do you see it when we're playing them so early on in the season? If maybe we were playing them in March, maybe COVID restrictions would have been less. I mean, are you happy or are you a bit annoyed we've got to go there first up? Hopefully it means less wind because it's nicer weather, and you know Maisie hates the wind. So, <laughs> but uh, but no, yeah. Hopefully it should be a good time to play them um, early on. Hope the sun will be shining, uh, get some nice weather that suits the way we want to play as well. So um, I think it's positive rather than playing them when they've got such a big, heavy pack um, and they want to go to set piece all the time. Playing them when it's chucking it down with rain and and that's all they're going to be doing. Then maybe now is probably the best time to play them. And it'll be the first time that we trial out these new uh, rules into the the campaign. We didn't do it in pre-season, one of them being this 50-22 rule. I'm looking at you, Louis, to try and explain it to the Blues family that maybe don't know ahead of travelling to Saturday. But can you explain the new rules for the Championship and how it's going to impact our game? 
Are you asking me because I've tried it twice this year and put the ball out on the full twice? Is that why you're asking me, is it? Potentially. Yeah, fine, good. Um, yes, yeah, so the 50-22 rule is basically if you kick the ball from inside your half and it bounces, must bounce, and roll out in their 22, then you get the line out. The, the slight complication to the rule is if the ball is passed back into your half and then you kick it out, you will not get the line out. So it needs to be either from a ruck inside your half a set piece inside your half or a counter attack inside your half and obviously 50-22 kick from inside the 50 kick out the 22 you get the line up very similar to a 40-20 rugby league you won't get a better description than that will you eh? do you want to try and no. go better would you, would you like any other of the new rules that have come in this year as well? <laughs> go for it so the other one uh, that's come in is obviously the similar to rugby league is the drop out from underneath the post so now if you are held up over the line or you kick through into the in goal and the ball stays in the in goal, then uh, it is a drop out from underneath the posts. So it's uh, similar to that sort of rugby league thing. So it, it kind of benefits the, the attacking team, but it doesn't sort of punish them as much um, as the, the defensive team would be before for either having to have a five metre scrum um, to defend on their line. So I think that's a very good ball as well. It's going to affect players at 10 more than most, I guess, because you'll have to set the field differently. How do you... Uh, negate against a rule like that because I guess you've got to put more players back so that there's no space for teams to kick it into our 22 I guess is the main kind of yeah I mean to it I think that's that's the beauty of the rule really is that if teams decide to leave uh, players back then for a team like us it opens up space wide and and through through a passing game Um, but then should teams decide to put you know 14 in the line and leave one in the backfield then it opens up um, space for us to kick. So every team will try and try and defend it differently, um, and it poses its, its own questions um, as to how teams are going to do that. And um, I'm sure we'll see different teams use different techniques in trying to sort of uh, protect it. But I think um, it's a rule that hopefully will benefit um, Bedford, and especially with the way that we play, that we can uh, benefit from it this year. Will any other <laughs> any other things to add on the new rules? Um... I think there might be a new rule, but something to do with latching. But if you see me latching this year, I'm doing something wrong. So don't ask me about that one. But uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. No, I think I think it does it does make it a bit more exciting, especially the 50-22, because like Louis saying, it opens a bit more space out wide for where we want to attack. So um, happy days. Yeah, let's go back to talking about the championship campaign. Will I know we've spoken in program interviews and things like that about targets for the season, Louis? We haven't as much. Um, but I suppose you, you, you can both chip, chip in as well. What's the targets for you both personally and for the team as a whole this season? For me personally, to be honest, it's really just, just to play well. I I've sort of don't really set myself um, personal targets anymore. We'll just take it week on week and, you know, let's just hope as a, as a team we can, we can deliver and perform. And obviously first four games in pre-season there's been lots of lots of glimpses of some great stuff and the fact we're building and moving in the right direction um, so our target has to be to, to finish as high up the league as possible yeah uh, so yeah like I told you before my personal ambition is to play every game um, I achieved it last year in a half season I want to make sure I achieve it again this year in a full season um, and if I'm doing that it must mean I'm doing something right um, and then yeah as a team I think like Lewis saying if, if we're performing well each week Fingers crossed we can start climbing up the table um, and see how high we can get to. I always like to end on a, a very positive note. Fans are back now for the full championship campaign. You both experienced it as we've spoken about 
um, against Saints, but how much are you looking forward to having a full campaign with two, three, four thousand fans behind you every game? Oh, for me, massively. Obviously, I've, I've said it before and had a bit of uh, stick from a few people at Amtill about it, but um, here's one of the best places to play um, in the championship. And it was for me, it was one of the big reasons why I wanted to move here was the opportunity to play every other week in front of two, three thousand people um, and just enjoy playing rugby. Yeah, uh, exactly the same. Um, it's one of the main reasons that people love coming to Gordon Road. Uh, they get to see an exciting run of rugby and they, they make a lot of noise and, and we love hearing it. So, um, yeah, absolutely loved it so far and I hope long may it continue. Well, boys, we wish you every success on the island this Saturday. We're going to conclude this episode of the Blues podcast by hearing from another couple of members from the squad. But, but before you go, can you just give us your final parting message to the Blues supporters ahead of the upcoming campaign? Uh, just that we really appreciate your support and uh, please keep making as much noise as possible because we really do appreciate it and, and uh, like I said we love to hear it so. Alright, as I said what, what Will's just said there um, you know, we really appreciate all your support it makes a huge difference to the lads um, when there's a full, full crowd here singing and chanting um, so please get down and support us this season Perfect, well boys, good luck on Saturday Thank you Hi Bedford Blues fans, Jack Hughes here. I uh, hope you're looking forward to the 21-22 campaign uh, and these are quick-fire questions. Summarise Bedford Blues in one sentence. Good family, club, uh, comma, great boys and really enjoying it. Up the slope or down the slope? Down the slope. Earliest rugby memory? Rugby league, going to a rugby league ground somewhere with my dad and mum. Um, earliest rugby union memories probably at school. One piece of advice for an aspiring rugby player? Uh, 100% just to have fun um, for as long as you can. I mean, at some stage, if you progress well, it's going to become more serious, but try and remain, try and get there to remain elements of fun in there. Favourite thing to do away from rugby? Probably have a few beers with the boys. Secret party trick? I can down a pint in under two seconds. Where do you see yourself in five years' time? Uh, it's a good question. A classic answer, I'm not sure, but hopefully playing rugby somewhere a good standard and having fun. And finally, Goldenton Road or Franklin's Garden? Goldenton Road, of course. Hi guys, hope you're well. This is In the Spotlight with me, Ed Prowse. Ed, let's start by talking about last season. Um, one of only five players to play in every game for Bedford Blues. Did you expect that to happen when you first came here on Dual Reg? Uh, no, not at all really. I was, uh, well, expecting probably not to get much game time at all. So, yeah, it was a bit of a pleasant surprise being able to play in every game. But I suppose injuries came in my favour at the start of the year and then, yeah, went well from there. Yeah, you get put on the bench against Coventry. Corey goes down inside six minutes. I mean, didn't we, I suppose maybe that helped that you didn't really have much um, prep going into the champ because you were kind of straight on when Corey yeah. had to come off. Well, sort of the last thing you want to see is someone going down in five minutes. So, yeah, um, yeah, it was uh, probably better because it's easy going into a game straight from the warm-up straight in. So, yeah. And you had 75 minutes in that game against Coventry. Must have been tough on the lungs first up, but I guess it gave you um, your welcome into Championship Rugby and you had a long time to get adapted to what was going to be quite familiar for you for the rest of the campaign. Yeah, yeah, it was real good. Um, well, especially against Coventry because they're a real uh, championship team, big physical players, 
now yeah, sort of set the tone for the rest of the season, really. And a team that you were with, I think, um, prior to going back to Northampton Saints, can you just talk to us through maybe your career to date so far, right from junior age grade to where you are now here with us again at Bedford Blues? Yeah, so I started playing probably around, I think it was, started playing when I was eight, um, played at Rushenheim uh, until I was about 14, and then moved around a few clubs and... Uh, when I was 16, I went to Malton College and I saw where I started taking rugby a bit more serious and um, played a whole year there. And uh, the year after, I got taken into the Saints under 18s, but um, fortunately, didn't get a contract straight out of 18. So, went, uh, had a year at Coventry in their academy. And um, yeah, I was lucky enough to go, go back to Saints. Yeah, talk to us about that. Um, development because we're seeing a lot recently. I think Lewis Ludlum's come back, Lewis Ludlow's come back, and they're obviously playing playing for England. I'm sure that's something you'll you'll want to do. But when you get released by a club like Northampton um, at that point in your career, how did you cope in that year to make sure that you got back into the Saints environment? Well, I suppose because I came in so late to the under 18 setup, I um, wasn't really expecting the contract because yeah, it seemed a bit off the cards really. Um, so I just had to go away, keep my head down, work hard and then hope for the best, really. Yeah. And then we come into this season. Um, I guess the I guess the first tar- target for you is to try and do what, what you did last season, which was to become involved in every game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, goals, obviously, to play as much as I can, uh, develop as much as I can so I can uh, get where I want to be in the Premiership. Yeah. And when you look at, uh, I think Saints went to Bath last, last game last season, Tom Litchfield plays, Ollie Newman plays, Connor Tupai plays there in and around the first team setup as well as being here. Do you see that as your own motivation that you're part of that same group and you could follow in their footsteps again? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, good to see uh, all my mates around me going, going, getting some game time for Saints. Uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, really motivating knowing that I'm probably not as far away as I think to be able to play in the Prem with Saints. Yeah. And we go into a, a full championship campaign. We only had 10 games last time out. I guess it gives you a lot longer to build and progress with the team. Um, how important do you feel it is that we've got a full campaign this time around? You can go home and away to every team, maybe exercise some demons if things go wrong against a certain opposition and things like that. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Um, obviously, um, more opportunity to get more points on the board and, yeah, it gives you a lot more experience I suppose going traveling around and yeah like getting to redeem yourself if you might play badly the time before or whatever yeah let's talk about pre-season how different did you find it this pre-season where obviously COVID is still um, prevalent and we need to watch out for it but restrictions lessened how much of a difference was it this pre-season compared to last pre-season where, where maybe you can get a bit more of that social side in oh it's been yeah mate it's been um like much better it's, with uh, last last preseason, we uh, the academy came in a bit later and we um, were segregated from the rest of the team. So being able to integrate, um, uh, be more social, and be able to do other things outside of the rugby is, just makes you come close together as a team, I suppose. Yeah, and I'm hoping you, I'm hoping I'm right in my information that you would have gone on the go kart in archery day. Yeah. Um, take us into that environment because obviously we didn't cover it from a media perspective um talk to us who is the best driver who is the worst driver who is the best at shooting arrows who is the worst at shooting arrows and then 
how good was it to have that bonding experience as we've spoken about because you didn't have it 12 months previous um best driver was uh corey um and he was the best shooter as well worst driver robin he was absolutely terrible <laughs> um yeah it's, well it's, it's um yeah it's good getting that sort of bonding in um full season so you really judge the group yeah and let's talk about the matches in pre-season. Obviously, everyone's been getting their, their chance to shine. I want to focus with you specifically on the Northampton Saints game because it's a rather interesting one because some players that are on dual reg here were playing against us. How odd was that that you were sort of playing against your own teammates, if that makes sense? Yeah, well, it was, it was a bit odd, but uh, I felt it was a really good opportunity to go go show myself to well all, all the coaches, uh, Saints and Bedford. Show what could do and um, yeah, put a good performance in. Let's talk off the field matters because I think it's nice for fans to get to know players as well. Um, talk to us about your links to this county that maybe supporters may not know. Um, yeah, well, so I've uh, lived in uh, Bedfordshire all my life, lived in uh, Risley, went to school in Risley and Sharnbrook, and um, yeah, um, I live on a farm. Um, yeah, that's about it, really. But obviously, that in itself is obviously training-wise, you know, very physical work. It's one of the things that people often talk about you is you are a powerhouse prop. That's, yeah, that's what you've been described as. I guess actually coming from a farming background helps with the rugby as well as I suppose what you learn in rugby you can take back to the farm as well. Yeah, absolutely. You're always doing sort of like physical work. So it's all the boys say I've got farmer strength, but. It doesn't seem to correlate to the gym, but um, <laughs> seems to correlate somewhere. So, And how crucial is that when you're a young player, obviously wanting to do the best you can in your rugby career, play for Northampton, we've spoken about and all that kind of stuff. How, how crucial is it that you've got something like that to keep your head focused, that actually, actually it's quite <clears throat> important to not be rugby, 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 your whole focus, because it, eventually your brain's going to get fried. Yeah, absolutely. It's massive. Like Getting your head out of rugby's... Um, just as important as like focusing on it, I suppose, because it's it's quite um, demanding physically and mentally. So yeah, it's it's good to go back and sort of yeah relax and get my head out of it. Yeah, yeah, quite a lot of physical activities in both. What does Ed Prowse do to relax? Eat, <laughs> <laughs> eat and do nothing. Fair enough. We've all got our different quirks. Um, I always try to end these sort of segments on the, the same kind of question. Do you have a a special message for our supporters uh, ahead of what is expected to be a highly anticipated 2021-22 championship campaign. Yeah, really looking forward to having fans back. Um, it's it's massive, um, gives us a huge boost, and uh, hope hope everyone can um, come support us whenever. Yeah, perfect, Ed. Well, best of luck in the season. Thank you. That's all we've got time for on this episode of the Blues Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Following our trip to Jersey this Saturday, we're back at Goldenton Road for our first home league fixture as Doncaster Knights ride into town on Friday the 1st of October. To say thank you for all their hard work during the pandemic, NHS staff are entitled to free entry for this fixture. Simply show your NHS card at the gates to be permitted entry into the ground. Individual matchday tickets are now on sale for all home fixtures up to and including the visit of Jersey Reds on Boxing Day. There were 214 points scored across our three pre-season fixtures at Goldenton Road. 
Join us for more exhilarating action by purchasing tickets through www.bedfordrugby.co.uk forward slash tickets. We look forward to welcoming you all back through the turnstiles this season for another exciting championship campaign. Come on, you blues.